Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The wolf dance, greatest. Um, that's what he tells me anyway. Richard Irvine <laughs> joins me on this Wednesday. G'day, Rich. We're back. How are you, mate? Yeah, I am well, mate. How was your weekend? Because from a punting point of view, your highlights and your lowlights, did you learn anything? What did you take out of the weekend? It was a great day racing on Saturday. We hung in there, and at the end of the day, we we just we just won all the boys, so we were happy with that. Um, the highlight was probably Mr. Brightside. That's just from a racing purist point of view. I loved watching watching him. Can't wait to see him in the All Star Mile. Um, another highlight was Cumin in the Oakley Plate. The King's Own found him, yeah. um, so that was exciting. Great, great race. The low light was probably betting against J Mac. When he's on the second favorite and you're on the favorite, mm-hmm. that happened to us um, on Saturday when he was on. We were on Lady Laguna, um, and then he obviously is uh, a gotcha back back in a big way. Um, he's too good. He did the week before as well, didn't he? On King of Sparta, Correct. we were on Bornus Notches. So um, yeah, but was- uh, that was great, and uh, the racing just keeps. Keeps getting better. I can't wait for this weekend. You mentioned this before, but you take on J Mac a lot, not because you don't think he's a good yeah. rider, but because he's overplayed by the punters. And we had yeah. some stats that came through. I did a little bit of research, which is rare for me. But um, J Mac's the like, if you were managing J Mac, um, it'd be a lot of fun because mm. you'd be able to go to the racing jurisdictions. And this why this is why Hong Kong. I. This is just my this is just my opinion. They will offer him a deal that'll be too good to refuse because of the power of the man and what he does for turnover. Because people pun on Macca. And that's So you're insinuating that he that he might go to Hong Kong full time. Well, I think yeah, I think he definitely will. Unless uh-huh. like someone in racing New South Wales wanna offer him a, a, an offer that's too good to refuse. And I know that yeah. people say, Well, you like incentives for jockeys to stay, but they're a little bit like superstar athletes in a way from different sports. Like you pay for the best to play in your, 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 um, for your football team or, and you see it a little bit with rugby union, rugby league is that racing is better and you make more money. If James McDonald is racing in your jurisdiction, it's as simple as that. And yeah, I, people a lot smarter than I, they can put a value on what he actually means for their jurisdiction. So do you think he's in the position now where he could probably reverse things? So at the moment, he goes over to Hong Kong kind of whenever he wants. Like the perfect example is this Sunday when he rode Romantic Warrior. Yeah. So say he sets himself up full-time in Hong Kong with his family over there. Do you think then he can come back and ride any horse he wants in Australia? Well, J-Mac, because he's he's in demand and he's the man of the moment at the moment, he can do what he wants. Like, So you think that he could do that? You think that, say, for example, like – you know, he's he might ride Switzerland or Stormboy in a slipper yeah. and just say the same situation's happening next year and he's over in Hong Kong and Chris Wallace says to him, As long as you hear slipper day, you can 
you know, to a degree too, as I know Ryan Moore's in the mix as well, but he would get either first or second pick. So yeah. you think that he has that much gravitas that he'd be able to do that? Well, I think I still think like if, if if he's based in Hong Kong, he'll have a ride in the Golden Slipper if he wants it. And I think Cool yeah. Coolmore would still use him as like as much as they use him now. He, mm. He's but probably that, he could he's going to get a lot of frequent fly points um, because yeah. Hong, Hong Kong he'll go to Hong Kong if he goes over there, for instance. And a little bit a little bit what happened there, like I couldn't believe he was allowed to go with that short term contract that he had that he was allowed to go to Perth to ride Zaki on the eve of the mm. international day. Now, mm. no other jockey would be able to do that. Maybe Zach yeah. Burton, but no other jockey in the world would be able to go to Hong Kong. Yeah, I'll come over for three months, but I want to do this, this, and this. And he was so, able to do what he was, what he wanted to do, basically. So I want to relate you to J-Mac and how I'm going to do that is, so obviously you went to Saudi Arabia and that was a pretty <laughs> short, sharp trip, right? <laughs> Richie, please. Don't, there's no comparison. <laughs> well, but what I wanted, there is a comparison because it was a very, you know, it was a short, chart trip. And what I want to know is how much did it take out of you physically? Like, you know, whenever I fly, especially those long flights, you're pretty yeah. wrecked. And J-Mac's up in the air constantly. Like, I don't know if I could do it. What do you think, having had your experience last week with that hit and run visit to Saudi Arabia? Well, I think, like, it depends on the flight. Like, if there's if there's turbulence, then you don't get to sleep too much and it, it makes it a little mm. bit restless. But I think... Hong Kong's not a bad time difference. It's only like three hours. Mm. Um, it's only three hours behind us here in Australia. So, and he, he does, he does fly at the pointy end Macca. And sometimes yeah. it could be beneficial. You know what? Like he gets a little bit of time just to relax and, and yeah. zone out and get a little bit of sleep and, and get to the races, get the job done and head back home. So I don't think it takes too much out of him. He couldn't do it each and every week. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's so much money in Hong Kong and he's like, he, he goes there and turns up and gets eight rides and everybody wants mm. to use him. So um, at the moment, he's getting the best of both worlds. So how long that can last for, I don't know. But he's riding, like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. He's riding the best horses in Hong Kong, basically, and he's riding the best horses in here. He's in a wonderful, yeah. he's in a wonderful spot at the moment. And then, of course, there's this epic rivalry with Zach at the moment too. They seem to clear out yep. in so many races and go so hard against each other. It's it's, it's awesome, isn't it? it made Saturday me, was another great example. Yeah, it made me think Sunday, sorry. Sunday, yeah, it made me think about the great rivalries in, in racing over the mm. years. I think Shane Dye and Darren Beeman come to mind. Um, Zach Pert and James McDonald. Now, whether they'll both be in, in Hong Kong at the same time, I don't think – I think Zach's nearly ready to retire – I would mm. like he wanted to retire basically last year. I think James would want to go. Like if Sack's not there, that helps his cause majorly because I think Hong Kong's always been a two-town jockey in a way. Like you've always had Douglas White taking on Preble or Joe Murray taking on Zach or Joe Murray taking on on Douglas White. You know what I mean? There's always two mm. jockeys that have been in yeah. high demand at the moment. It's Sack and Huey. If Mackie mm. goes there, um. Yeah, he'd be the one of the top dogs. It'd probably be Macker and, and and Zach Purton. But no, it's interesting. He's in a and he's in a good place at the moment, and um, he's 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 riding plenty of winners. But he gets the opportunities, and be he'll have Fangirl and Stormboy. So you should get a double again on Saturday there at um, in Sydney, Rich. Some people are calling it the greatest multi of all time. What do you reckon? How are you? How do you assess that situation? Like, uh, I, I, I think I'd, I'd rather take a dollar fifty fangirl than a dollar thirty storm boy. But um, yeah, yeah, no, uh, 
I can't wait to watch it. Um, it'll be it'll be brilliant. Interesting that Stormboy's in the skyline. Not not usual. You get a horse of his quality in the skyline. They usually go around a week after in the Todman or the Riesling. Um, but yeah, so it'll, it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he's at. I mean, look, everything points towards him just going out there and just being a complete monster in a motor car and just demolishing everyone. Um, but a lot of, a lot of in the past, you know, short price horses go down just before the slipper and then they often come out and, and win the slipper as well. So, but he does seem different. I'm talking sort of, I think Piero did that, yeah. um, capitalists as well, those kinds of horses, but he's certainly on a level above them. Um, but yeah, we'll find out Saturday. Different gravy. So from a, like from a Maltese point of view with your, your team there, do you, do you guys take Maltese very often or cause I like the King, I loved his insights there on Imperatrice. Like, she might be nice and short, or like a bright side, but that's still value to him. If, if it's a dollar oh, yeah. sixty, a dollar yeah. seventy, he'll have a crack because he rates at a dollar forty. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah, we don't do a whole lot of multis. Um, we like them that you know they're they're hard because the market can move so much around them, so you can often not get the great value that you want. The other thing is that scratchings play a bit of havoc with them as well. Um, but probably the main point is we're just so busy day to day worrying about the races in front of us. We don't <laughs> sort of get the chance to do that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, not not a whole lot. If we used to do maybe way back in the day, sort of the, more the doubles, you know, the, the cups yeah. doubles and that kind of stuff. That, that's like a, during the spring, Jerry Whaley, we are talking to him about it. That's that's what we need to get back, the Caulfield Melbourne Cup doubles. That was the, the famous double everybody wanted to take in the spring and without a fight did it this year, did the big double. So, um, yeah, I'd love to see more of the bookies give us mm. a little bit more of an incentive to have a big double. Um, but that's what, like the generation before us, the generation of punters before us, that's what you did to yeah. get yourself in the game. You played the Cups doubles. And like Mark Sheen, I was talking to Mark Sheen, everyone knows Mark Sheen. He said that he had a huge result on a, um, a Cups double, I think even the point where he like bought a house out of it and stuff. And, yeah. you know, that's that's the dream, isn't it? That is um, the dream. It's a bit difficult yeah. to buy a house these days. You need to have a lot on. Hey, we we discussed this earlier with the Wednesday debate, but I'd love to get your thoughts on it because we, we're talking about Mr. Brightside. So what match race would you prefer? Fangirl taking on Mr. Brightside or an Imperatrice mm. taking on a think about it? Oh, I'd have to go with Imperatrice think about it just yeah. because they've never clashed. Yeah. Um. I mean, you get the other thing too is distances and, and and what track and that kind of thing. Did you did you get that far? Did you talk yeah, distances so, no, and track? No. So we were thinking like the new market. It's like I would love to see him down the straight at Flemington, but you, it'd be into like she would probably get more weight than think about it because she's had more success at Group One level. Even though I think about it, it's an Everest mm. winner. They, I don't know. I'm no handicapper. Be in, they wouldn't be too far apart. Um. No. They definitely have to give their opposition weight. So. That would be an option. Like you could see them under handicap, but they wouldn't be off. Like it wouldn't be weight for like if like depending what the handicapper would give yeah. them. But like I think more like I think if the thirteen hundred meters, the Canterbury Stakes is more realistic um, where they would clash. I don't know. You recently yeah. did a poll with it as well. Uh, I think like I'd love to see him down the straight weight for age at Flemington, but we won't get to see that. So if they have to meet in Sydney, I'd prefer to see. I'd prefer to see them clash than them split, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, Joe Pride keeps keeps goading them to come and do it, so which is great. And I don't. I, I think think about it, it's not going the TJ Smith path. Um, no, so which that's is obviously interesting. Imperatures. Yeah. Is that have you heard that as well? I don't think think yeah, about no, it's going the TJ Smith. He wants to go down, like he was even Doncaster, the, the and Doncaster. Stuff, but 
Like, I don't know. The weights are out for the Doncaster. Brightside won't go. What weight did he get? I'll have to look that up. But I, I thought mm. he'd be outweighted in a, in a Doncaster. But they want to get to 1,600 metres with him. I, I think he's I think he's a better sprinter because he settles better. Uh, like, mm. a, a, like a, I don't know if, he, if he's 1,600 metres. He's by so you think so. You And he's, yeah. you would expect him that he could get 1,600 metres. Um, but I... Did like in the in the nature strip? I think it was the nature strip this year or whatever the race was. The giggy kick it was. It, to yes. me, it didn't look like he got thirteen hundred meters. So yeah, yeah, but he might have been over the top by then, right? He yeah, was sort of. Yeah. It was only his third run back this prep, so we only had three runs, I think, during the spring. So it's an mm. interesting one. But if we only get to see them in the Canterbury Stakes, I, I'd I'd prefer to like. I, I think everybody wants to see those two clash. Yeah, yeah, no, that'd, that'd be fantastic. And there's also talks you could go in that 1,000-metre challenge stakes. Has that been completely ruled out? No, I that's, think it had. Well, that's at Randwick on that day as well. Listening to Tiako, I'm pretty sure that they won't go back to the 1,000. I think, although well, they will stay at the 1,000, I think they'd prefer to go to the 1,300. Um, They're so airborne, Tiako. Like, they've got horses coming over to the um, Australian Guineas and stuff, and then yeah. they've got that super smart two-year-old over in New Zealand. I think it's called Captured by Love. Did you manage yeah, to catch it, got, it winning yeah. on Saturday? Did it win? I thought it had a heart fibrillation. Um, no, if it, it, it was against that Alabama Lass or whatever that name, and everyone was spruiking Alabama Lass, okay. and he beat it. So, well, one of their star yeah. two year olds had a heart fibrillation. I don't know which right. one it was, but they have got a really good stable. They had a flat time during that. They had a flat time at probably in January. They didn't before. Like I don't think they had a. They didn't have a winner. Um, they might have had the one placing on Karaka Millions Day, but. Mm. Um, to do a job like they've done with Campanessa, like she's been mm. up for a long time and then she comes to Melbourne and wins at Caulfield the other day. He's a very good trainer, Mark Walker, and he's done a wonderful job with his team. So, and they, they like, they're, they're, they had a big sales at the Magic Millions. They were the leading buyer. I think they were the leading, well, they're the leading buyer at Caracas as well. So they're here to make, they're, they're, they're having a fair dinkum crack to our racing. <laughs> and we've still got, we've still got English Easter to come. Yeah. Wow. And they'll be, they'll so. be active at the premier sales as well. So yeah, yeah. I hope we see Joe pride taking on in Paratrice there and in, in Sydney and it will be a great race. Mind you, the last time she did get beat was in Sydney yes. in that race by a tourist. Right. Horse. Yeah. Zach Purton so. was at his very best that day. A tourist got shot out of a gun. Never yeah. seen a horse go so fast. Yeah. So Yeah, there you go. All right, then we'll take a quick break. This is, of course, Giddy Up's great game. Richie Irvine, Gareth Hall with you. 0499-736-736 to join our conversation. We'll come back with plenty more straight after this. Gareth Hall with you on this. Wednesday mornings is getting up straight game. We're joined by the Wolf Dens, Richie Irvine. Richie, are you excited? Sandown, the first race is <laughs> about seven minutes away. Um, we've got a tip in the first race. We're playing Mickey Gannon anyway. He's confident that even though it's just a little bit easy at the moment, um, that we can play in his first race at Sandown today in Jam and Jimmy for the Inform Mitchell Friedman camp, a son of Jimmy Creed. Was okay on the right. blue there at Sandown, um, about three thirty. It's two fifteen out to three thirty, which is always a little bit of concern. What do you go like? How do you assess drifts? If you really like horse and it's out the gate, is it alarm bells or do you go yeah, oh, beautiful? Yeah, like we'll definitely have a smaller bet on it. Um, I mean, 
the stats show that you win more money back in horses that firm. So yeah, it just it just it doesn't mean we won't back the horse, but it certainly affects our bet size on the horse. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot yes. that can play out there. They might have played up in the mounting yard track, the way that the track's playing, etc. There's always different variables um, of why these horses are drifting. So and, they, and the big thing too is the syndicates who just don't think that they that it can win, so they just keep pushing it out, you know, by backing other horses or you know trying to lay it on Betfair, those kinds of things. Do you, do you like with the way that you guys go about it? Do you call yourself a syndicate? Do you? Base yourself on the on the computer numbers that 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 spit out, or are you going yeah. more oh. on opinion? No, we're so we're, 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 you know we're just we're just a bunch of mates who punt together. Like some people would refer to us as a syndicate, which is fine. But then when we look at the the what really are the syndicates around the world that have two or three hundred employees and bet yeah. on all the different big racing jurisdictions around the world, from our point of view, that's that's what a syndicate is. Which we're nothing like that. No. But then, you know, if you mates down at the pub, they probably look at the way we operate and they think that that's, you know, on an elite level they've never seen. But, you know, there's always something bigger and better than everyone, isn't there? Because you might bet, like, you might punt four or five horses in the one race looking for a, looking, looking for a result. Yeah, we might do that seldomly. Certainly two races, uh, two horses in a race. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there, there, there can be options. And that's probably when you do need to really bring in your market intel and look at which horses are drifting out and have smaller bets on them because, obviously, you start to spend a lot when you're backing three or four horses in a race. Now, I was looking at the markets in um, Rose Hill and looking at the form. It's a horse that caught my eye, Suspect. That's at a big price, $17 with Bet365 in the Wolfden colours. Now, I was in Saudi Arabia there on Saturday <laughs> and one of the best ever celebrations um, that I've ever seen was in the mounting yard there after they won the, the, the Saudi World Cup. Now, it was $10 million to the winner, so they were, no wonder they were celebrating. But they actually leased this horse off the American owners. Well, 30% of him anyway. I think they mm. paid close to $3 million just to lease it for two races. So Amazing. that's the um, – oh, no, they, I don't know. In fact, they, I don't know if, how much it cost, but they got $3 million back because they had 30% of the $10 million in prize money. And they celebrated like <laughs> no other. And the poor old owners who owed 70% of it, the, no one knew that they won the race. Um, <laughs> is that what you'll be like today? Absolutely. Yeah, we'll be heading out there. So we weren't sure if we were going to run, um, but we are now. There's a few scratchings. So Mitch has decided that he thinks it's, 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 it's the right race for us. Good price. Very good price. Mitch is pretty confident. Um, so $17 each way to find out. Yeah, you know, look, I'd, I'd love so to So if it wasn't it, your it? horse, Richie, if it wasn't your horse, and Mickey Gaddon tipped it today and he's got a share in it as well. So I'm thinking like, you know, owners sometimes, they get carried away a little bit. Um, their heart gets in a way in, in the way of their head when it comes mm. to like the emotion, which is understandable. If it wasn't your horse, would you back it? Yeah, I think so. If I Yes, I would. And, you know, like it's going back a little way, but it ran third to NCAP. NCAP was brilliant on Saturday and then got knocked off by Celestial Legend. Celestial Legend, you know, looks like he's going to possibly go on and maybe win a ran with guineas against Militarized. So the form lines are pretty strong there. And if Suspect can run anything up to like that third that he ran back three or four starts ago when he's trained by Waller, he's going to be in this race for a really, really long way. And we're getting $17 to find out. I, I think we're going to see him firm because people start to text me now saying, oh, this person's tipping and that person's tipping him. And we're talking about on radio, so it doesn't take much for the bookies to start firming him from seventeen dollars. But no, you'll start yeah, short we'll with seventeen dollars. What's his right price? Uh ten dollars. Yeah, probably ten dollars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be good. We'll, I'll make a I'll make a vlog of it. Um, Mitch is always great 
great you, character and great content. I, so, and I, I'll, I'll whack it up on our Twitter thing. So if anyone's interested, they can go and have a look at it. We're tr- like, I can't believe you got a, well, I don't know if I'm throwing you under the bus here, but racing New South Wales are great to allow you to do a vlog on track on a New South Wales track. Yeah. Well, they, they, this might be the last time yeah. I do it. So I haven't even asked them, but <laughs> no. that's, you know, you got to. I think it's well, great what's the, what's the saying? You be, be, yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, uh, like, I'll get out there and have a bit of fun. And if, yeah. if I get shut down, no problem. I'll, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's for the betterment of racing. Um so look, I, I just look at it as it's it's just another piece of social media. Like someone goes out there and films something, puts it on an Instagram account. It's the same as what I'm doing. It's putting up on my Twitter account. Um, but if it steps on people's toes, I'll have to uh, no, it's, yeah. it's <laughs> put, put put the iPhone away. Yeah, um, every content is like all content should be celebrated in this game, just to promote the game. Um, we're all in it together. Mitchie Lewis joins us. Mitchie, hello. Hello, G-Man. How are you? They're moving in here. Who are we backing? I'm with Jam and Jimmy here. I agree with our man, um, our Mickey Gannon. It's it's firmed in late, which is a positive sign. Yeah, I had him on top. I was thinking on the hillside track, he'd be better suited. If we were on the lakeside, I'd probably be leaning towards Vale Mountain. But I think Jam and Jimmy gets a better run here. Um, there's also been a little bit of firming for the number nine, Umentini. We should have asked uh, Johnny O'Neill what his thoughts are on that one. Yeah, I did actually. Um, oh, oh, I want to be. We go. Well, I'd rather back Jam and Jimmy than Human Tinny, um, to tell you the truth. Simeon beat right, it the well, other day. That probably says it all. Okay, yeah. So, what I'm doing in this, I was sort of expecting, we you know, the hillside plays a little bit more fairly. So, I've looked the way of Jam and Jimmy. Uh, but if I see Vale Mountain just run away with the race, yeah, um, we might surprised. have to look at a few little things later. Well, they're about yeah. to jump here, Richie. Um, do you have an yeah. opinion here, Richie? Or are you just. No, nah, um, we stayed out. All we right, stayed then. Out. You yeah. stayed out. Was it too early for the Wolf Den team? Yeah, no, it was too early. There was a lot of whinging yesterday when they found out that the races were starting. But no, it just didn't, just didn't turn out that it was a bet for us. So, so Jam and but, Jimmy is going to go back, as you pointed out. Um, who's going to take up the lead? Well, they've got the favourite kicking up on the inside, which is, of course, the Lindsay Park train gallop of Vale Mountain. Um, second, the outside is our girl, Brittany. That was a good effort there the other day. This favourite's getting away with some nice sectionals. But the second favourite... Um, is in the one out one back. You might that that's in a that's in a striking spot there on the hillside track there, Mitchy Lewis. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm too far behind you, but he was a little bit wide to start there, but I'm happy where he's landed. Yeah, he's so, one one. Yeah, you yeah. you're right though. The sectionals are pretty slow. Yeah. What do you reckon, Richie? Who do you want to be? Yeah, I mean Jack oh, right now, Jam and Jimmy looks like he's in a beautiful spot. Yeah. It depends how this track plays. Sometimes even though it's a hillside you want to be on leaders, um, as they swing for home. He's got a good hold on on Jimmy Boy. Come on, up the up the <laughs> hill they go at, at Sandown. You still got Vale Mountain. He's giving a good kick. Jimmy's under pressure now. The one Arctopassons is starting to storm home, which is the stable mate to Jimmy. But the favourite's got a good kick. I don't think Jimmy's going to get there. Uh, nah. Nah. He's trying. He's trying. He's hard out. Maybe it could be Umenti. Nah. He's going to have the last crack. They got to get to Lindsay Park. Yeah, they have. Johnny O'Neill's got it. Johnny O'Neill wins. Human Tinny at $4 for Kira Mar Blake. She gave it a peach of a ride. Jam and Jimmy was third. Vale Mountain was second in the end. So there you go. Um, run of the race. Got the brakes when he needed to, and away he went. Kira Mar first up. Geez, having, they've had a pretty good week after a disastrous week last week, the Aussie Kerr team, but that was a good performance there. Um, Mitchie from Human Tinny. Yeah, I thought so. Got a great run in there, especially off that slow tempo. So I'd say 
looking at that, you know, it's a little bit early to judge, but I think uh, the track's probably going to play fair enough. But like I said, it's only race one. Yeah. All right, then, Mitchie, we'll come back before the second. Sounds good, mate. Chat to you then. There's Mitchie Lewis there. So nine, six, four, and one after the first race there at the Sandown track on the hillside, um, on the hillside track there at Sandown today. Hey, we'll take the news, Richie. We'll come back with plenty more. It's 10.33. Gareth, all with you on this uh, Wednesday morning. It's 10.41. I'm joined by our great mate Richard Irvine from the Wolf Den. Rich, there's some terrific racing this weekend. Can't wait for it. Fangirl taking on um, her rivals in the very elegant. She'll start a dominant favourite. A couple of questions coming through. Is the King's Own taking on Fangirl and the Storm Boy Multi? I think you touched on it before. Would you be brave enough to do that? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think if, if a bookie wanted to bet King, King's own a big bet, um, he'd probably take it. As I sort of said in the past, we, we won't know if they're bets or not, probably until first thing tomorrow morning, because obviously all the fields come out today. So, you know, we, we can't assess it probably till we know exactly where the final field are, though. But um, he had Fangirl a bet last time. Yeah. Stormboard is probably bet as well. So we'll just wait and see. But, uh, yeah, no, um, exciting, exciting. It is exciting. And you've got the Australian Guineas in – in Melbourne as well, where Riff Rocket's definitely a horse to beat after what we saw in the CSA stakes. King Colorado will be the second favourite, but I don't know how they beat. Like, Riff Rocket, if he keeps on progressing like he, he should second up, he's going to be mighty hard to beat. Comes was, is, is one of the best runs of the autumn so far, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, 100%. You know, just, it was, it was, everyone just went, wow, look at that. Um, so, yeah, it's super exciting to see how he does on Saturday and, you know, sort of the, he, he might even have a bit of weight for age class. It'd be interesting to see if um, Waller, you know, where, where he goes after that. I did hear Waller on the radio this morning saying that he possibly, um, the all-star miles not completely ruled out for, for Roof Rocket. So, yeah, they want to get through Saturday, but that'd be interesting. Imagine he got thrown into an all-star mile. Yeah, I think he will. I think that yeah. that's the logical um, progression for him because it's not a great all-star mile apart from Mr. Brightside and we we're discussing mm. that on the Wednesday debate today and we had a lot of text messages come through um, regarding what they would do with the all-star mile. Have you got any thoughts about that? I, I was thinking that maybe, I know they've gone from the, like the voting didn't quite work and then they changed now to the wild card situation. I don't think that's quite worked. Like maybe mm. less is more that they just handpick six or eight horses like eight of the best milers and, and it's an invitational type of race. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great concept. I do find it interesting that they're sort of struggling. A lot of these horses that have won the win and you're in races aren't going to turn up. Um, yeah, I guess it just it probably takes a little while to get established on the calendar as well. It's only been around for a few years. Um, but still, look, it'll, it'll, it'll probably come together well. I think that throwing Riff Rocket in to be great for the race. Um, like, yeah, what would be interesting to know what price he would be. If he's actually definitely going to run. Well, I reckon he's more chance of going because I think they're going to keep him to the. I think he's a mile a mile and a quarter horse at best. Riff Rock. I think he got away with his Derby victory because of his class. Yes. Um, just having a look at the futures. Moment. So he's ele- yeah he's eleven dollars. Yeah. Um, or roughly about that. Um, and yeah, look, if he wins on Saturday, I don't know. I think he'd be depending on how he wins on Saturday, of course. But I- I'd have him. Much closer to Mr. Brightside and Pride of Jenny's $4.50. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you make so, of – say there's the all-star mile within an in it, like a, a different type of innovation. We saw the slot race in New Zealand. They had an auction there. 
um, last night on as they did the barrier draw for the on mm. the, for the New Zealand Derby. The the reserve was four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They averaged six hundred and thirty one thousand um, dollars. It's been mm. amazing to see what these slot races and how when when jurisdictions have innovated, especially with these slot races, they've actually been a massive success. Turnover's been through the roof. The quok approved that. And it looks like that New Zealand have, um, have done the right thing. Like they're, they've found a, a winning formula here. So should Racing Victoria turn the All-Star Mile into a slot race? Well, that could be an option. Yeah. Like one and thing the slot put- race does is that it gets people talking. It markets itself because it, mm. it, it generates its own type of conversation and creates its own narrative, if you know what mm. I mean. Um, and Aussie, Cor- Aussie Kerr bought a slot. He just had that window yeah. at Sandown, and then he bought a slot, didn't he? So yeah, Aussie Kerr. I think most of the New Zealand had the, like the, most of the Kiwis purchased a like it's it's there was a Singapore businessman that purchased a slot, but apart from that, it was the New Zealanders that wanted to be involved. So um, yeah, I think it'll be like um, one of New Zealand's biggest races. It'll be definitely worth the, the the biggest prize money and. I like how they went down that auction point of view for a slot. So yeah. it made it it made it a little bit more interesting. Um, it probably seemed, it's probably what Racing Victoria need to do with the All Star Mile. I can understand they probably didn't do it originally um, because it, it felt like the All Star Mile was a bit of a you know followed on from the Everest. They were like, well, what can we do to have a different style of race? Yeah, and maybe they didn't want to completely directly copy the um, the Everest concept, but maybe they need to do that. Um, yeah, mm. make it a ten million dollar race or a fifteen million dollar race. And, yeah, that's what and, I. And, and, yeah, yeah. I reckon you've hit the nail on the head. I think that, like, people go oh, the prize money racing Victoria put too much into the prize money, but, um, and it's probably not worth the money. It's not the race is not worth like it's not. They're not getting any value for their money with the, the field that they're probably going to assemble for this race in the middle of March, but maybe you do need to make it a slot race and make it $10 million to get the hook. Yeah. Like they need to get fangirl on the like there. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And it seems like they've got the slot in the calendar there to do it because obviously you got the quokka a little bit later, but it's not really going to interfere with them. So no. yeah, I mean, the more we talk about it, we're convincing ourselves, aren't we? No, I think you're right, Richie. I think, you're, I think you're on the money. I think the slot race is the way to go. Why Can not you want to text Andrew Jones now, get him on? Yeah. Well, I think he's, Interested in a board meeting that's happening at the moment with Troas. Yeah, he got, de- he got a- defeated. Did he? No, no, like they're sweet. Like Andrew Jones and the board are sweet. The the, the motion got defeated. So oh, okay. The Troas thing got thrown out. Yeah. There you go. Which was as yeah. expected as we thought it would. Yeah. They yeah, just yeah. didn't have the yeah. numbers. But um, yeah, it's a fasc- fascinating time in politics at the moment. Um, yeah. We'll take a quick break on the other side. We'll get your tips in the NRL, which is about to start that competition. We might do our AFL tips next week. Plus, of course, we'll get some winners today. Um, we'll see. I've got the tips from Milo and, and Cam that are sent through their best today on a Wednesday okay. afternoon. They're at Launceston for Launceston Cup Day, and we'll get the Wolf Dance tips as well. Um, don't go anywhere. This is Giddy Up on a Wednesday. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is Giddy Up's great game. And as Richie Irvine, Gareth Hall with you, as Richie pointed out, the um, motion to remove five Victorian, Racing Victoria board members was unsuccessful. 17 of the board um, voted no. Um, Three voted yes and 15 didn't vote. And the 15 my mail is, and listening now to racing.com, was the Metro Club. So 
they're sitting on the fence. I don't know if that tells us more them not voting than voting. I can't understand if you're on a board, why don't you? Like, doesn't everyone should vote, shouldn't they? Yeah. Yes. Makes sense to me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I kind of stay out of politics. Yeah, but... so do I. But that that is interesting. So at the end of the day, hopefully everyone can unite. Um, we've had yeah, the they, they... look. It'll 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 put a bit of a rocket up racing Victoria. They're obviously going to, you know, at the end of the day, listen to what the the owners' association is saying. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we it, it, it turns into a positive. I have got more breaking news. Yes. Suspect. Suspect into thirteen dollars from seventeen went off while we were talking. Actually, so there you go. That's the influence we have, mate. Unbelievable, Richie. Now I've missed out on the thirteen. I feel sick. I do that all the time. Um, have you, the first have, time you, have you punted it, or you got to wait? No, I haven't. I haven't had a cracker on it yet. So no. yeah. Anyway, I'm. I'm. That's nah, good. That it's firming. That's great. Got, I want you, to see that. Have you got anything at Sandown Forest as they head to the? To the gates? So no, no. I've got, I do have a couple of things, but they're not till not till later All on. Right, I mean, then I can take it yeah, away. You want me to, you want me to yell? Yeah. Okay. Um, so these are all the King Zones bets. This is so yep. this is my two hundred dollars betting strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roseville race one number six McKenna first up clearly, but clearly has the best figures and little opposition. So that's a fifty dollar bet. Uh, then we're going to go to Dubin race two, number one, Demarque. So that'll be another $50 bet. Rock hard fit and back sharply in class. This is the easiest race he's, he's contested for quite some time. Then the big race of the day, my $100 bet will be Launceston Cup. So it's race eight, number six down in Launceston. Acceleration, right. lightly race seven-year-old having his first go at 2,400 metres. His last start win at Great Western gives every impression he will stay all day. And they're all from the King Zone. I texted him at 7 o'clock this morning. He texted me straight back those three ones. So he was obviously fired up. Yep. Um, yeah. Has there many other people tipping acceleration? Yeah, everyone. We had, we had Bear Robertson, who is our Tassie expert. He's tipping acceleration. And Richard Kelly's mm-hmm. full of confidence. He said he preferred nearly to be in the Hobart Cup, but they had a setback, a little setback. So they had to go to Great Western. But um, he's been competing against the favourite in Melbourne before. Or a symphony, and he's been competitive against him, and it's like a big ask for that horse to carry that much weight over twenty four hundred meters. Um, sure, we're playing both sides now. Jamie Mott on Kiramark and bring up a double there, and Jeff Evans colours about five dollars. But I think our staking plan, like we agree with you at Rose Hill, race one number five, um, race one number six, I should say, Makina will be mighty hard to beat, and we're going to have. So we'll have $150 the win on that gallop. But, and we're going to play Ooh. one in the first to Tassie. Um, we're going to have $50. Now, there's big money for Gerazzo, but there's a horse that trialed nicely, GG Hailstorm, $50 on that galloper. It's 19 into nine. So mm, that that'll get you going. There. Um, so that can be – now, that's the story there. So we're going to play the Kiramar runner here at Sandown which, of course, is making its debut. Grey Ice has been well-supported, and usually when they're back a Bevan Lambing horse, they're hard to beat. Both sides now out to $5. Do you want me to ask the boys if they've had a bet in this race? Yeah, go and ask the boys. Have you guys had a bet in this race at Sandown? Yeah? What what are we back? On the nine. One of the boys is on the nine. Grey Ice. So it's been the best back galloper. And usually usually when they back one from the Bevan Lambing camp, um, they rarely miss. So this could be your money, you're telling us, Rich. Yeah, Jamie on board. Yeah. No so, one riding better. 
So Jamie Carr, yep, three dollars sixty at the moment we're getting. So this this could be the horse to play on this um on this Tuesday as they head into the gates for the second race at Sandown. Um Mitchie Lewis is with the nine here. So that's Grey Ice as well. So there we go. We might have to play Grey Ice um, in this race. Everyone is on. Mitchie Lewis, the Wolf 10 team, we're joining up forces. Um, who wins the NRL, mate? Have you had any bets there? Uh, the King Zone. So the King Zone takes his NRL betting very, very seriously. Bet's, bet's big on it. He did a great um, season preview with Gordon Tallis, the Raging Bull, and Steve Green. Steve Green's a very accomplished NRL analyst. It's on our YouTube channel. Go watch it if you want. This is the takeaways that the King Zone he's had. He likes the Warriors for the minor premiership, about 21 bucks. He likes the Warriors to win the premiership at about $23. He wants to back the Roosters to win the minor premiership around 10 bucks. He wants to back the Roosters to win the premiership at $9. And he also thinks the Dolphins can make the top top eight. Okay. And he thinks $4 is a good price there. Broncos will win if they just have, like, they're, they're one of those progressive gallopers, I think, that might just have that turn of foot and blow them all away this season. But time will tell. They did choke in a grand final. We've got to go, Rich. Thanks for that, mate. Um, catch all the work on the Wolf Den, dominating proceedings, and we'll catch up with you next week. Well done, buddy. See you next week. Bye-bye. There's, there's Richie Irvine there. It's quickly approaching 11 o'clock. Trot's Life coming up next. We are on grey ice here um, at Sandown for the second. Mitchie Lewis is keen. The Wolf Den team are keen. I'll be back tomorrow morning for Stable Mail. But for now, have a wonderful day.